Hey, Anchor family, welcome to our podcast. We wanted to thank you for listening today. We pray this message encourages you, that it inspires you, pray it builds your faith and brings you hope. Enjoy the message. Well, today we are going to continue talking about a subject that I feel so many people have questions about, a subject that so many people are afraid about, and that most people when you go to church, avoid. And that is prophecy. I've been thinking about how we can handle the subject of prophecy because it's something that is, it takes years and years of going to school and understanding the Word of God to be able to really understand what God is trying to say through prophecy and, and I've been talking to Adrian and planning on how we can dive deeper in it. So just so you know, we are diving into a mini-series on prophecy. And so I hope you're excited about prophecy, about understanding what it has to say for us. Because in the day that we're in now, we need it now more than ever. I trust you hear all of the things that are happening overseas and in the Middle East and with Israel. It's so important for you to understand how vital it is for believers to connect with prophecy and to know it and to let it guide you in your life. And I know that it's a scary subject and it's something that has probably been used on you or someone has um, in some way, utilize something in the Bible that was prophetic in a way to cause fear in you. This is something that has happened for years and years and years. And, and we want to do justice to prophecy because the Bible is one quarter prophecy. One quarter of the Bible is prophecy. And if we don't talk about it, if we don't read it, if we don't try to understand it, then we miss one quarter of the full counsel of God for our lives. And I know that some things like this are overwhelming, and, and I believe it's interesting. And I know a lot of you have a lot of interest, and so I'm really excited about opening this up with you. But we're not jumping all the way into the deep end today. I know. You want me to talk about the dragon and the beast and the great prophet and the trumpets and the bowls. We'll get to that, I promise. We're going to do that. It's, it's, I'm excited about doing that with us and giving you clarity because I believe that you should not exit 2023 without having a full, deep understanding about prophecy. All of it. The kingdom of God that's coming. Everything that Jesus was trying to reveal to us while he was on this earth and how we can be prepared for it as it comes. Because I'm not here just to give you information about what's coming. I want it to affect your life and so that your life would be guided by the things that this word tells us. You know, a couple years ago, I was at the store. Now, I don't do what I did back then, but back then, I would take my kids with me. I don't do it now. Because I actually use going to the store as a way of having some peace to myself. 
I used to take my kids to store and I to the store and I realized that when I went into the the store, I would always have to buy something for them or else they would cry, they'd throw a fit. On the whole ride home, they would complain about why they even came in the first place because they believe if they were going to the store with dad, they're going to get something out of it. Well, this one day I took uh, my son Micah. I told you all a little bit about Micah last week when, when I was telling you this story about being on a plane. And uh, this time he was about three years old and he could talk. And he could actually, like, look at pictures and understand what's happening. Uh, he was probably a little bit older than that. And we, we get to the line, and I'm checking out. And he looks up at me, and he says, I did not know aliens were around us. I said, what? Aliens are here, Dad. And I said, what? I'm looking around at this point because I'm like, did this boy see something? What's going on? Where does he think that there are aliens? All, I mean, I'm literally like, what is going What's happening? I said, Dad, there are aliens here, baby aliens everywhere. And at this point, I'm nervous because I don't know if he's seeing visions and there's something I'm not seeing, if it's demonic or, and we can get into that later, you know, aliens and all the stuff that's happening. But I just, I was shocked. I didn't know what to, to take of what was happening. I, I got down low and I said, hey man, like first off, you sound crazy, so bring your voice down because people are going to think if you're crazy, it's because I'm your dad and I made you crazy and you're going to make me look like a bad dad, so, so be quiet, but I want you to tell me why you think there are aliens all around. And he looks at me with his little innocent brown eyes, and he just points like this. Now, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. At that point, I was scared. <laughs> What's this boy pointing to? What's he pointing to? I don't know. He points, and he's pointing to a National Enquirer. And on the cover of the National Enquirer, it says in big letters, aliens among us. And it had people that we all recognize, celebrities with aliens. And it was telling this story about baby aliens being born in Arizona. And he looked at it and he was able to interpret what looked like an important book explaining to him the fact that there are aliens all around us, and I had to break it to him because I didn't know that those things even still existed. Who reads the sun? The, is it called the national sun? Who reads the, na the, in the inquirer? Nobody does anymore, but they're still there. If you go to your groceries, they are still there spreading lies and, and, and rumors and crazy stuff. And, and my son at that point, he believed it. He thought, well, we're at the store. It's right here. It's got to be true. And I just want to tell you something about prophecy and what it means for you and me. Prophecy should matter to you because prophecy validates the Bible. The reason that you want to learn 
prophecy. The reason why you want to get into the prophetic word is because prophecy, it authenticates the authority and the infallibility, the inerrancy of the Bible. Those are big words to describe to you that the Bible is never wrong. And the reason that prophecy should be important for you before we get into all of the symbolism and what it means and how you can apply it into your life and how you can be watchful over the things that are coming, you need to first trust this word and believe that what you're reading in this word is not something like the National Enquirer, is not something like the sun that you would see at, at the grocery store, no, Prophecy, what it does for you and me is it helps us to, to show the infallibility of the Bible. It's perfect. It's inerrant, meaning it has no error. And I, I want to open up prophecy tonight, just a little scripture about prophecy so that you would see that it's accurate. So that you would see just how much you can trust God's word. Because, you know, we meet here, and then we go to house church, and in my house church, people had questions about God's word, about the word found in other religions, and what about these religions, and what they believe, and their holy books, and, and what it's written for them. Is, is our Bible correct? And I just want to tell you, our Bible is correct. Our Bible has no errors in it, this Bible that you have in front of you is made up of 66 books covering over 1,600 years, and it's written by 40 different authors, and it's written in perfect detail. You can't find a flaw, even though you might hear people say that there are contradictions, they're ultimately wrong. Not because I say they're wrong, but because when they try to find the, the, the areas in the Bible that are, in, in their mind, contradictions, and they talk to a scholar, and they try to work it out, it's always them realizing that they were wrong. The Bible is correct 100% of the time, and because we own and get access to this book, and we have access to something that is never wrong, listen, when I get in my car and I tell my maps to point me in a direction, I have to realize that my maps may not be updated. And I don't know if you've ever been taking a road on your map and it looks like you're driving in the water or it looks like you're driving on something that hasn't been built yet. That's probably because your maps haven't been updated and so they're incorrect in showing you the direction that you must go. I want to tell you this about the Word of God, the Bible you own, the prophecy that we're going to learn from. It is 100% accurate. You cannot disprove it. There is no inaccuracies there. The things that are written in it, although they might seem daunting and overwhelming in their symbolism, I want you to understand that they are not fiction. I remember I was talking to a guy and we were at a church, and he was a small group leader, and he was talking to me about how he was going to lead his small group through a certain section in the book of Revelation, and how he was going to tell them how the, the characters in this section of Revelation were all aliens, 
They were from other planets. And he was going to teach his small group that this symbolism was actually aliens that we would come to see in the future. I just want you to understand what's written in your Bible is not written about aliens. It is all symbolic of nations, rulers, countries, men, leaders in this world who are to come, who are now some already here, and they're trying to gain control. That's why the thing that's happening in the Middle East is so important and you should not ignore it. That's why Israel is always on the news because God said it would always be on the news. That's why we can't miss this opportunity to get deeper into God's word. It's infallible and it's perfect. And I promise we're only gonna take about 20 more minutes. You, you believe me? Okay, I promise, because we're not jumping into a super, I promise you, I promise. Second Peter chapter one, 19 through 21. You're like, well, I thought we'd going through Revelation and Daniel and Ezekiel and we'll get there. But if you can't trust God's word, then how can I teach you from it? You have to trust that it's accurate. Now we're in the book of 2 Peter and Peter is writing to people who are being, they're being persecuted. They're being persecuted because they believe in Jesus and in the time that Peter was writing this book, they were dispersed from their homes and they were living in other countries that they did not originally live in. They've lost things. They've lost their belongings. And I know, I say that to you, and it just washes over you because the reality of people in the Bible suffering for believing in Jesus does not make sense to people who we don't suffer for that. It's a blessing for us to be in a nation where we are free to follow Jesus. Not enough amens. We are in a nation where we have the ability to meet anytime, anywhere about Jesus and not be killed for it, not lose our job for it. This is an incredible nation and we get an opportunity to learn and be in it because God has set this nation apart. Now listen, I need you to understand. I need you to understand. What we are going to read tonight is important for you. I think it's going to be monumental for you as you study God's word in the coming weeks. Peter is writing to people who are being oppressed because they believe in Jesus. They've lost everything because of that. They're dispersed because of that. They're no longer living in their homeland. They've lost their family. They've lost their jobs. They've lost their security. Everything they've ever had has been taken away. And Peter, this is the second book that Peter has written to them. And Peter is trying to encourage them and using his words encouraging them so that they don't allow their struggle to stop them from pursuing Jesus. So he says in 2 Peter, so we, we, us, all of us, we have the prophetic word. Now, this is important for you to stay on at this moment because most of us, we don't focus on the prophetic word and what it means for us in our lives. And Peter is talking to these people who are struggling and he's telling them, you need the prophetic word. 
You need it. You want to give up? Things are looking difficult. You need the prophetic word. And I know that's not what you think that you need. You think you need feel-good scriptures that will help you feel good about yourself and your life. And what he's telling us is in the middle of a crisis, you should be looking at prophecy. He says, so we have the prophetic word made more sure. I I don't want to skip over that. What he's saying is we have the prophetic word prophecy and it's, it's reliable and it's more sure, but more sure than what? If you notice, we're in the middle of 2 Peter chapter 1, we're in 19 through 21. Peter is is finishing a thought. He had just been speaking in the letter and he he was referring to something before referring to prophecy. And what he's saying is, is, is prophecy is more accurate or just as accurate but sure for us. What's he referring to? Actually, in the text, verses 17, he is, he is telling his readers that he was there the day that Jesus got transfigured. In verse 17, he says, I was on the holy mountain with Peter and John. Read it. And he says, I was there and we heard God's voice speak from heaven. He said, we heard God's voice as as Jesus was being transfigured. Jesus was, his his appearance changed, the Bible says. And Peter, Peter and John and James were there and they actually saw it happen. And when they saw it happen, a voice came out of heaven and spoke to them. And that voice said something iconic. We, we've all read it at some point or heard someone teach it. And it's, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. God from heaven was speaking in that moment to Peter, James, and John and saying, hey, this is my son. Listen to him. And Peter in verse 17 is saying, I was there when God spoke audibly. And he says, I actually heard it with my own ears. And then he says, so we have the prophetic word made more sure. He's saying, let me tell you how sure prophecy is. It's as clear and as sure as hearing God's voice yourself. He says, when it comes to prophecy, you can can count on it being accurate and clear and necessary for your life so that you can do what you're supposed to do. Notice he's 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 taking prophecy and he's utilizing it to teach us the way that God redirected his focus. Because maybe you don't know this, but I'll, I'll tell you in that moment when Jesus was being transfigured there standing next to Jesus was Elijah and Moses. Elijah and Moses showed up. I, I want to explain how important Elijah and Moses are to Jewish people. Very important. They represent two major parts, the two most major parts of their scripture, which is the Torah. Moses wrote that. And Elijah, the prophets. So standing in front of Peter, James, and John are the two most important characters in the Old Testament. Moses 
and Elijah. The book of the Pentateuch, the first five books, and the representative of all of the prophets, Elijah. The Bible says that they saw all three of them with Jesus. Hey, listen, just FYI, this reminds us and shows us that when we die, we don't really die. We'll handle this in our prophetic series, What Happens When You Die? Elijah and Moses are sitting there talking to Jesus. And if you're in Jesus, the hope is that when you die, you don't die. You just go to the place that you're supposed to be in, which is God's presence. That's the hope that the Bible tells us we have in Thessalonians, that when we die, we just transfer. And that's good news. Here's Elijah, and here's Moses, and they're with Jesus. And Peter, James, and John, they wake up, and they say, let us build three tabernacles right here. They said, this is so special that we have Jesus, Elijah, and Moses. We need to build three tabernacles, meaning three places of worship because of all three of them being here. It's at that moment that God speaks and Elijah and Moses disappear and Jesus is left. And God says, this is my son. Listen to him. Isn't it funny that Peter is taking prophecy, books that we don't want to read or that we're afraid of reading or that we don't feel that we can ever understand, and he's saying, the way that God stopped me from focusing on other things and redirected me to focus on what is most important, which is Jesus. Listen, there's nothing wrong with Moses and Elijah, great men of God, great characters, but they're not Jesus. Do you know that you can focus on things that are good, that are godly, that are about the things of the Lord and still miss Jesus? You're not hearing me. We can focus in on things that are good, that are used by God, that are actually biblical and miss Jesus. It's in that moment that God said, you're focusing on Elijah and Moses, and that's great, but you should focus more on Jesus because he's the real person that you should be focusing on, Jesus. It's curious to me that Peter uses that instant to point us to prophecy as a way of redirecting us to Jesus. Do you see it? He said, the way that God had to redirect me from focusing on good things, but that weren't the main thing, the main thing is always Jesus. He said, the way that God spoke to me in clarity, prophecy is a way that God will speak to you and redirect you to the right place of focus. And he says, so we have the prophetic word made more sure. It's sure. We can trust it. We need to read it. We need to understand it so that we can be focused on what we need to focus on in these last days. Because if we're not careful, we're going to miss Jesus in all of this. We're going to miss the opportunity to make a difference and make an impact on those around us because we're focused on good things. All good things. What, is, what does Olaf say? All good things. Good things, but they're not Jesus. Be careful what you focus on in these last days. 
says, this is more sure. I like what he says here. Listen, I have three pages of scripture. I'm not going to get to it because I promised you 20 minutes. Okay. He says, we have the prophetic word made more sure to which who? You. He's talking to you. Who is the you? Person going through a hard time. Person who's being persecuted. To the person who's lost it all. To the person who's struggling to make it today. He's saying you, this is what you should do. You do well to pay attention. That that word, do well, what we're seeing here. Peter was writing in Koine Greek, which is a common Greek, which means like southern lingo. Imagine you got English, then you got people from the south. Peter is writing, and he's saying, you do well. In the Koine Greek, that word that he was using there is translated as please. Peter is begging you, please. Pay attention to prophecy. Don't turn your eyes to other things because you're afraid of prophecy. He says, please pay attention. That's a sermon in itself right now for all of you who are distracted. Please pay attention. Why? Pay pay attention to this as a lamp shining in a dark place. The Bible tells us that God's word is a lamp unto our feet. It is not a mistake that Peter is referring to a lamp and connecting it to scripture in the book of Psalms, which teaches us that scripture is a lamp. He's saying all of scripture, even prophecy. Have you ever been in a dark room? Have you ever been in a dark room and then you were afraid to knock yourself against something? To step on a Lego, any parents? To to hit the side, you know that thing on the side of the bed, that piece of metal that sticks out? There There ain't pain greater in this world than having that bed frame that your grandmama made you buy that's too big for your bed and it's sticking out and you wake up in the middle of the night and you your shin right on it. It's the worst pain in the world. In that moment, what do you need? A light. And if you're wise, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you go do what you have to do or you hear something, you have to get up, you grab your phone and turn on a light. He's saying, in the moments when you need direction and you don't want to be hurt, you need a lamp. And that lamp is prophecy. Hey, listen, today we're in a dark world. It is dark. And because it's dark, we need a lamp. And the lamp that God tells us to focus on is his word. Pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place. Have you ever used a flashlight and then ignored it? No. When we use a flashlight, we 
focus it. I remember when I was young, we would go to youth camps. And I remember I was the kid that never had a flashlight. We were broke. I'd find that one white kid. And I was like, I'm following you, bro. You got a flashlight. And listen, most of the time, there was a bunch of us little Latinos there. And so we would all be crowding around the person with the light. Because no matter how big or how small his flashlight was, we were paying attention to that flashlight because we were walking around in darkness and we didn't want to fall. Let me give you a, a consequence of you using the light to light your path. People will follow. You don't want to hear it. You're wondering why. If you're wondering why you don't have influence in the lives of other people, maybe you're not shining a light. If you're wondering why people aren't asking you to help them, I'm sorry if I'm stepping on your toes, but I'm trying to explain to you why this is important. In these dark days, the greatest light should be the church. The greatest light should be you and me. We should be a light and be a light in a way where people would come and be a part of who we are because we're the ones lighting the way through God's word. If you shine God's light, people will come. So, so use this as a lamp, shining in a dark place. And make no mistake, what's happening in Israel today is evidence of this being a dark place. I cannot wait to open up Revelation and Daniel with you so that you would understand that even though this is dark, God told us it was coming with great detail so that we would know where to walk in these dark times because he gave us prophecy. He said, pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until, never miss words like that, until gives us a segment of time Use the lamp until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your heart. Until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your heart. He said, this is what you need to use prophecy for so that your heart would believe. It's a weird way to look at things but you need to understand this before we get into prophecy deep, deep, deep. Prophecy validates God's word, which then makes us believe. Because if prophecy, did you know that, the, I don't even want to go there right now because it's just too much. If prophecy, do you know that in Isaiah it tells us hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was born, that, that there would be a virgin and that that virgin would have a baby. It's in Isaiah. Do you know that if you connect that chapter in Isaiah to Genesis chapter 3 where it says, and the woman's seed will be the, will be the, the savior who crushes the head of the serpent, you would understand this, that they, that they are predicting the birth of a virgin birth of Jesus. Because in Genesis chapter 3, it says the seed of a woman. But women don't have seed. Men have seed. 
So why in Genesis chapter 3 is it saying the seed of a woman and not the seed of Adam? Because it was prophesying then there was going to be no earthly father. So in Isaiah, when it says that a virgin will give birth, it makes sense. That makes sense? Because there was going to be a heavenly father, not an earthly father. So when we look to prophecy, it helps us to say, well, hey, Genesis predicted it. Isaiah predicted it. Did you know that the Bible actually tells us in, in, in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem? Micah chapter 5, verse 2 tells us that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. And I know you've watched all the Christmas pageants and you're like, yes, I understand. Do you know how important that is? That is like Bethlehem is a nobody city. No, it's the smallest city. It is like predicting that the Savior of the world would come from, I don't know, the, the smallest town in the middle of West Texas. It, it just doesn't make sense, and yet it was, it was prophesied in Micah chapter 5. The Bible actually tells us in, in, in the book of Daniel a timeline in our history that you can look at with precision accuracy. And the reason why it wants us to understand that prophecy is, is helping us to believe is because if prophecy proves itself in the history past, then we can trust what it says about the future. Have you ever watched Back to the Future? You know when Biff, he gets the almanac. There's this movie. I'm from the 90s, and, and I love this movie, Back to the Future. Biff, he travels to the future in a time machine, and he grabs a sports almanac, which has all of the results of every sporting events for the past 50 years. And he goes back in time to the past, and he gives it, to his old self, and he tells them, his younger self, that this will help you become wealthy because you can bet on every outcome in the future and become a multimillionaire. Younger Biff says, there's no way that's true. Biff, older Biff, turns on the radio and says, this, he looks it up and he goes, there's a football game going on right now, and this is going to be the score, and it's going to be won by a field goal, and the radio gets turned up, and it actually happens, and Biff then realizes that the almanac is valid, and so he can trust it to make his money in the future. What I'm trying to tell you is this. The reason that prophecy is important for us is because it helps us solidify our belief in God. Because if he said it and was right before, then we can trust him about what he's saying in the future and trust it to be right again. So he says, this will help that until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. That means belief in your hearts. Do you know that it's not talking about the sun in that verse? When you read that, you think, oh, it's talking about the sun, the morning star rises. It's actually not talking about the sun. He's talking about the planet Venus. He's referring to Venus. Now, if you wake up early enough, like if five, four or five in the morning, you will actually see Venus in the sky. Did you know that? Yeah, because Venus is known as the morning star. Except if you wake up late, you won't see it because the sun is out. The reason Venus is called the morning star is because it comes right before the sun comes. You're not hearing me. Peter said, 
You need to trust prophecy. You need to trust it until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your heart. He's saying you need to trust prophecy until you trust the signs that point to the coming of the sun. That's Venus. Venus, what it is, it's, it's, the, it's the planet that reveals to us the sun is coming. It's announcing the coming of the sun. It's announcing a new day is here. And he's saying you need to trust prophecy to do this, to reveal the coming sun. And you need to trust that in your heart. The way the morning star points to the sun that's coming, so prophecy points to the sun that is coming again. And you could give me an amen there because that's some really deep stuff. Here we go, and we're almost done. We're, just, we're, we're not going into everything else. This is too much. But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. Nothing that we read here, nothing was written out of just some guy's imagination of some things. He says, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. He said, here's why you can trust prophecy. Because even though it's written by man, it wasn't spoken by man. It was spoken by God himself. And the reason that we can trust prophecy, the reason that we can trust it to reveal Jesus is because it was first spoken by God. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helped to reveal this prophecy. Let's get the band up here and we'll end. I told you, be quick. I told you. So my son said a while back there, oh my gosh. So this scripture in 2 Peter, it helps us understand the function of prophecy, what it's for, what we can get from it, why it's important, that it validates God's word. And for some of you who have questions, who look at prophecy and think it's just some crazy, there are people out there who think that prophecy was written by guys that were high off LSD, high off psych, things like that. There's some crazy thoughts. That's because they don't trust the author. No prophecy was ever made by human will. But men moved by the Holy Spirit, spoken of by God. The things that we're going to study, the things that we're reading now, was spoken by God, heard by faithful men through the Holy Spirit, and written down so that we would know, so that we would have a light. In the darkest of times, we would have a light. 
And I don't know about you, but I don't want to walk around in the dark without having light. I don't want to be in this world and the darkness that it brings and not have access to the light. And today, I hope that you make a decision to be here, to learn about this, to get into a house church. Let's stop making excuses. We're full of excuses, and yet there are very clear signs that it's, it's, enough, it's enough time. It's no more time for excuses. It's time to focus on Jesus. It's time to focus on what's coming. It's time to focus on what he wants us to do and what he has for us in the future. I'm going to say this, and I'll end here. When we get into God's word, there will be times where we kind of look crazy, where things are confusing to the people that we know, where there will be people who won't understand what we're trying to do when we dig into God's word. But I want you to understand that God's word, the Bible says, is foolishness to people. The wisdom of God is foolishness to them. But for us, it's salvation. So as we dive into prophecy now, as we move into God's word revealed, the future revealed in God's word, I, I want you to go all in. To give it all you got. Because at the end of the day, it's going to build your faith. It's going to give you confidence in the steps that you need to take, no matter what happens in the world, because we got God's word, and it's sure. It's as sure as God's spoken word. I pray that you would, pray that you would lean in. Come on. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and listening to this message. We trust that God will use this to speak to you and meet you where you are. Thank you so much for supporting this church through listening to us on Spotify. You can continue to stay connected with us to be in the know about what's happening here at The Anchor by following us on Facebook and Instagram at YourAnchorHTX. If you'd like to begin partnering with us financially, we invite you to visit our site at YourAnchor.org give. It's because of you and your generosity that we can reach the lost and deliver the hope of Jesus to people around the world. So we thank you. Anchor family, we love you, we are praying for you, and we will see you next week.